Hello and welcome to episode 11 of After This. My name's Daniel. I'm Carla. And I'm Shannon. And today we're talking about, well, what is a pretty big topic, but I've just called it racism and identity. Um, The thing is, we're not really questioning the fact that racism exists. What we're talking more about is its role in people having identities and what it's sort of done um, to the way people see themselves and everything else. Because obviously identity is sort of feeds into the last topic we talked about, about, about making emotional decisions first. Uh, we we need a, a version of ourselves in our head that makes sense and that we can believe in. Um, we need to see ourselves as part of a group or part of something or as part of some story um, that sounds good and makes sense is going somewhere. And so we continuously, like, like the way human brains search for patterns, we're continuously trying to make things work themselves into a story or a pattern where what we're doing and who we are makes sense with the bigger picture. Um, so the first thing I wanted to, um, mention was that thing I talked about ages ago in, I think one of the earliest podcasts we did, which is about the lens. Mm-hmm. It's just the lens of focus and it's a simple idea, but it's just about the closer you zoom in, the more and more you just create different and like others sort yeah. of thing. Like if I zoom all the way into my street, I've got my house and then the other houses and everyone in the other house is different yes. to me. Less if I... Zoom out a bit to Eltham. Uh, you know, I've got Eltham, and then nearby I've got Dymo and Diamond Creek. Dime. But I'm, I've never got to call it any of it Dymo. It's got but, to be Dymo. <laughs> but Greensboro and Warren Knight and all that sort of stuff, and they're the other ones, sort of thing. And yeah. I'm used to Eltham, and then it goes further and further, and it's just, it's then just sort of south of the Yarra. Say north side, oh, south side. South Yarra, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. The south of the Yarra, but then you bring in Sydney. Oh, then, oh, no, no, no. no. Stop it, Daniel. Stop it. Kill this better than Sydney. <laughs> I'll hug a South Yarra person over Sydney any day. <laughs> once, you, once you start zooming outside of Australia again, that's when I become more tolerant. Yeah, that's... <laughs> suddenly it becomes not as funny. <laughs> but, that's what, but that's what I mean. Like, you start to see... Like, it just the further and further you go, even though maybe objectively there isn't really a big difference... No. You have these ideas in your head and these characterizations and generalizations that you put into place around mm. people and it does affect the way you see everything. Yeah. And, and linking back to last episode of um, emotional decisions being rationalized, there have been a lot of attempts throughout history to rationalize racism yeah. um, and to try to measure, you know, that this group of people is better than that group of people oh. because... Well, that was like that thing when they measured the distance between the points on the brain. Phrenology. Phrenology, yeah. yeah, that thing. And they were like, ah, so objectively, we're this and they're that and all that kind of thing. Yes. And it was just total nonsense. And they figured the out the IQ tests that are culturally they're biased. biased. No, 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 uh, yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, well, this is clearly just proves yeah. that, I think it was in, in America, uh, black people are dumber than white people. So yeah. Like, no, your questions are deliberate, well, not deliberately, probably accidentally. Your yeah. questions are accidentally favouring. Yeah. And the that's but, then they, but then they reversed the test and they, they did the um, IQ test that favoured the, the black kids and... Um, they ended up sweeping them up, uh, sweeping up the yeah, right, the right, yeah. ones anyway. So it's like, pfft. yeah, it, it, and that's and that's the weird thing about having culturally dependent IQ tests. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, sorry, I forgot what I was originally going to say. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I interrupted the thought. No, no, no that's um, fine. We were no. talking about lens. No, basically, um, you, like you zoom out, and the thing is, obviously, you zoom out of the suburb, and you have the other suburbs. You start to see small differences, and then they get bigger as you go further, and it mm. becomes easier to justify, right? So, if all of a sudden the entire world shrunk, and all we had was Greensboro, Eltham, Warrandyte, and McLeod, or something. Mm you would suddenly see people become very much like, this is this part and that's that part. And mm. that's kind of like what my, what my dad talks about when he was younger. Like, when they were in one town and they went to the school in that town, they'd have this insane rivalry with the next town <laughs> and the kids that were there because that was the whole world to them. Yeah. was those couple of towns was the entire universe. So the differences became the different towns and all the guys in that town were terrible people and all the people there were that and the, and then as it's zoomed out and we've gotten more comfortable with traveling further distances we've like said oh of course that's ridiculous we're all you know that area we're all the northeast we're gippsland whatever it is and then it gets further and further and further mm. and you just justify the next one and the next one the next one but we always need to be able to sort of understand ourselves within that lens whatever it is and the problem is the biggest lens we seem to be able to achieve is the global one. Yeah. And then we start to say, okay, I am this within this lens. Mm. Um, zoom all the way into the house, obviously I am me and I have my parents and that kind of thing. Like that's that's the lens at the smallest level. But yeah. you always have to know what you are yeah. in those lenses. Um, that's the point actually I was going to make without reading older texts, like older books and things like that. Like you read... Um, like I remember, you know, the old books that you read in high school and stuff like that. I remember reading oh, Tess of the Durbervilles and stuff like that. That's I mean, they talk a lot about I went on holiday like 10 towns away. <laughs> like it's this big excursion. But you're just in like, instead of being in the middle of East Anglia, you're like on the coast of East Anglia or something. It's like, functionally you've barely moved. But to them it seems like this whole new world mm. kind of thing. But that's just because of the lens again. Like, yeah. you're not used to thinking globally. You're used to thinking in terms of your bit of England or something like that. And that affects everything that you do in terms of seeing the world. Um, I think... When you don't travel, especially, mm. that becomes way worse. And yeah. again, it's the same thing. If your universe becomes your area and everything outside of it is like this foreign alien thing. Um, so now, of course, obviously everything is more national. We see alien as being other countries. Yeah. And obviously it's become way easier to justify because they speak other languages and mm. they they look different <clears throat> and they think different things. Yeah. Like it's, it's To an extent. Yeah, no, well, what I mean is, like, maybe they have a different religion. Yes, or yes. maybe maybe their day-to-day... -day... It's that surface-level stuff is yes. very, very different. Yeah, I mean, obviously... If you kind you've... of drill down to values, I was um, doing... I've just finished the subject, uh, managing people, organisational behaviour at uni, mm. and they were saying that there's kind of these 12 basic human values mm. that are actually the same, and they're pretty much ranked the same in all different cultures as well. Yeah. So, like, the basic values are all the same, but yeah, then it's the stories that build on that and the kind of surface-level stuff that that is really quite different, and that's what people see yeah. and what's much easier to see. And Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think what they do is they end up... Like, they have the same values. I've heard of the Maslow Pyramid one. That's yes. what I was related to. But, like, people always want the same things. It's just that they've learnt different things in their life from their cultures yeah. and their experiences that this is how you get them. Mm. And someone else has had slightly different experiences and things. Oh, no, this is the better way to get those mm. things. They're all going for and, the same thing. And some of them are so stupid. Like, something <clears throat> that I've thought about recently, 
I think that a lot of um, racism in Australia against, I'd say, probably Chinese speakers mm. is because Chinese, oh, Mandarin and Cantonese as well, I think, they're both tonal languages. Mm. So you have to say these words in a particular tone, whether it's yeah, rising yeah. or falling or flat. And or rising, falling. Or rising, falling. <laughs> and to, to, ears, to the ears of people who don't speak a tonal language, mm. we use tone to to um, show emotion. Yep. So then you That's get yeah. people who, who don't speak tonal languages watching people who listening to people who do speak tonal languages and your brain is trying to decode what the emotion is and a lot of the time it sounds like anger Mm. Um, and so your brain is confused yeah and when it kind of finally makes a decision it thinks okay i think they're angry yeah Um, it's the same with arabic because they have the same tonal they they have the same tonal thing and so uh, like you have the pauses and the stops and like the strong consonants that Mm. make the meaning change but it sounds like you're saying something really angrily. Yeah. So yeah. like it, it. Yeah. No. So I've something heard... as incidental as that, I think, yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah. No, I remember like, and uh, I remember seeing it somewhere. It was like these two guys talking on. I think it was a documentary about the, the troops in Afghanistan. I was like, these two guys are talking, and it had the it had the, the the subtitles, and they were basically just asking this guy where this thing was, and he's like, oh yeah, no, this thing's here and this thing here. Like, he was talking normally. Yeah. But if you didn't have the subtitles, it sounded like he was like. You know, like, like, like you could see he Arguing. was gesturing, and like it all made sense. Like they clearly weren't changing the, the subtitles because it made sense of what was going on. But if you didn't hear it, you wouldn't have thought that's what he was saying. Yeah, like it was like the way it, it sounds. Just it just doesn't match up with the yeah. way that we're used to hearing things. Mm. Did you ever hear that thing that was like it was like what the English language sounds like to other people? It's <laughs> like that song or whatever it is, and nothing's quite right because none of the words make sense. But I've, it's what the English language is meant to sound like. I've experienced that once or twice um, when I've been half asleep or waking up or <laughs> oh, really? coming out of um, sedation for like medical procedures. Yeah. Where just once or twice I've had it where I've heard people speaking and for some reason my brain just hasn't quite translated it into meaning mm. and you get this. I was like, oh, that's what it sounds like. like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, think, I, think, I think the point is that we, we, instinctively, we instinctively hear things that are different and mm. we're like, ah, oh, maybe they don't think and do what we're doing. Mm. You know, like that's, that's the natural response. Mm. And I wanted to, like, last point on those things about different areas being seen as like different universes is always old things you used to read where, you know, they're criticizing someone who's the head of, the new head of the university or something. And it's like, it's all an English university, and the guy might be Scottish. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would we put a Scottish person at the head of the university? It's like they were a different subgenus of humanity <laughs> or something. Like, it's like it's this, this massive perceived difference because mm. of the culture that it had built up. Not because they were objectively different, but because that was a big thing. And I've heard a lot of instances of that. And obviously, you have the same thing in the other countries of Europe, but I know the most about England. Yeah. Um, but it's just astounding how the perception of the differences has just expanded and expanded. Now, it's nothing. But then it was an enormous, enormous thing to have someone from somewhere else. Um, yeah, so I, I think it ties into yeah, so early human beings and what is essentially inherent racism. Because mm. what you had was you had the human beings starting in some tiny little part of Africa, Ethiopia, and they spread out from there. 
And what you'd end up with is these little sub clumps all over the place. Like a valley might be almost in, inescapable. Like yeah. it's like you're in this nice little valley. The mountains are all super dangerous. Why would you go out of them? Yeah. You somehow need to leave and you go to the next valley and there's a different group of people who have been doing something differently. It's like, it's such a radical change mm. because even though it's such a small distance, they were doing things so differently we have this inherent racism that kicks in when, yeah. we, when we see something that's different. And I think, especially when we're exposed to anything that we weren't exposed to, we have this flinch thing in our mind that's mm. like, that's not what I'm used to. I don't mm. know what that is. I'm afraid because yeah. I don't know if you're talking and being like me. And obviously, that used to be kind of a defense between mm. the tribes that might be fighting each other or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it evolved. Yeah, no, yeah. and and so now we're like we see something that talks different or speaks different or whatever it is, and it's like that's not. I'm not used to that. I don't mm. know what that is, and the inherent racism kicks in. Yeah. I think you, all humans still have that. Oh, I think it's yeah. disingenuous to claim that people that it's not a thing. Yeah, but, absolutely uh, for everyone, and I think part of it too. Um, uh, more on the way that people. The kind of the stereotyping side of racism. So you, you see, you know, one person from a particular group and you think they're all alike. Mm. And I think the reason that, that that comes up is just because brains are lazy. Yeah. And if you've grown up just seeing white people, mm. your brains had to pick out how to tell people apart. All right, so the eyes yeah, are a different true. distance. The hair might be a different colour. The, mm. the nose might be slightly wider or shorter. And you see someone with dark skin and your brain is like, sweet, they're the ones with the dark skin. I don't need to work any harder than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So, and I think that's kind of why that kind of naturally kicks in. And then Absolutely, if you're, yeah. once you're exposed to more people with the same dark skin, your brain kind of picks up the slack and actually starts yeah. looking at people. But, yeah, that one that one's quite interesting. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, that's actually a really good point because I think, yeah, we get we get really lazy and we're just, we, we just want whatever we can pick on mm. to say that's the thing that makes you you. I now know who you are. Yeah. I wonder, I, this is something I haven't really read about, but, like, if you think about it, when a, when a white person is, like, I don't know what you call it, deformed, I suppose, mm. or burnt or whatever it is, and their skin tone changes and things like that, we get really used to that grading mm -hmm. sort of thing of skin tones, of, like, a certain tone, you're healthy, and these certain tones jump down oh, and you're yeah. more damaged or you're more burnt or you're more, I don't know, maybe there's some condition you have that's changed it and you have other problems or something mm -hmm. like that. I wonder if that starts to get associated as well. Like, you see something that, that, that doesn't suit what you're used to seeing. Um, yeah, because and that, and that evolves to, to avoid illness. Basically. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like, it's, yeah. it's the fear of disease, which is actually something that's come in, and I wonder if that kicks in as well, because that's guess, actually something he mentioned does, yeah. in Hate's book, that we do have this thing of... We associate all these things with health. Yeah. And then when you have someone with darker skin or, like, certain things, or it's a different smell maybe that they have because, like, you know, different ethnicities do smell slightly different. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just you start to think of it like it's this uh, unclean, clean thing. Yeah. And you can and see how easily that emotional decision mm. might kick in if you're not used to it and how that probably occurred in the first place. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, it's something that... Even between, you know, white people is like you have people with red hair and stuff like that. It's just historically caught tons of flack. 
Because apparently they have no soul, according to Selfa. <laughs> <laughs> but like you see that you see the way that French people talk about Polish people, for instance, and things like that. Like it's the smallest difference is yeah. seen as like unclean versus clean, good versus bad, and then obviously you get further down that track, you smell even more different, or you look even more different, even if it's subtle. Yeah. If it's a bigger difference, you become the new weird person and things like that. Yeah. And it's it's just sort of like all building into that in-group, out-group thing. We mm. need to know who is our in-group, and we mm. need to know who is the out-group. Like, we kind of need to know what they both are. Um, and we're afraid of whatever that other one is. Yeah. Um, and until we grow up with them, and then obviously the thing is, you grow up in a school or in a town or whatever it is where you got a mishmash of people from that group and that group and that ethnicity and that religion and whatever it is, and you get used to those. Mm. And then you sort of form this new cobbled-together identity of that, even yeah, though it might your, not have your a brain name. stops perking up its ears when exactly. it's Exactly, because you've grown up with it. You see you see that fundamentally, again, like we said, the values are the same. Like yeah. that, that initial pyramid and needs and wants is the same. And so when we see them, um, we don't get triggered anymore in the same way. Mm. We don't get set off. But yeah, you can see what's kind of happened in America. We have these like towns and stuff in Louisiana where everyone's white, mm. everyone's Christian, mm. everyone is one way, yeah. and suddenly there's this all this stuff, and there's occasionally Mexicans and black people turning up, and like they generally low standard of education, generally low standard of pretty much everything, mm. um, and you can see how emotionally this yeah. decision is being made that that's different and foreign and not here. Yeah. Whatever uh, it is. I think racism yeah. is very instinctive. Yeah, exactly. And you need to learn to be aware of it. Exactly. And compensate. Yeah. And then try to not overcome it. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I think that's the I think that's the big the big thing from this is that we have to learn when we're doing it to ourselves. Yes. Like when we're tricking ourselves into thinking something is that it isn't uh, because we're afraid because everyone is afraid of what's different mm. um, until you're like consciously going and looking for things that are different then maybe it'd be maybe it's exciting but if it's not in your terms it's scary yeah yeah that's the thing like if i'm like i want to go out and do something crazy yeah great if someone turns up at your house that you're not expecting maybe not less fun. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a different thing it's sort yeah, of like i mean that's why you can go you can go traveling yeah and be like oh wow this place is so amazing i love the culture here you can be the weirdo at the you door you can be the weirdo and you're, you're perfectly happy <laughs> with that you think this place is amazing and then you go home and um someone from that city moves next door and you're like oh no i don't like this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, like it, it's weird and exotic when you're there but then when suddenly it's in your thing, it's it's just sets off those yeah. mental alarms of like tribalism and everything else. Um, and so I think I think the fundamental point of it is that basically we're we're creating these stories about ourselves, about what we are and who we are and what it means to be us. Mm. And then when we see something that's not that, we mm. instinctively say, That's not part of my story, that's not part of the narrative. Maybe they're against the narrative then. Maybe like maybe they're running you know, into it sort mm. of thing. Um, and they won't help mm. my narrative keep going forwards. Mm. And so we get freaked out, yeah. I think. And that's and that's the big thing is how do we see ourselves? Because obviously if you take it all the way back and you've got like your your English people or Australian people, whatever it is, in these two towns and they think the other one's insane mm. and their one's completely fine um, and they're moving into each other's town, it's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, you're a weirdo kind of thing and they have to get used to it. Mm. Now it's completely fine. I think, <laughs> I think I'd be interested 
too, it's kind of kind of a shame that the, the three of us are, are all white and white people generally don't suffer from mm. racism too much. I think it would no. be interesting to actually yeah, talk like, to someone like... who, who suffers from it more because we're kind of in this privileged position where yeah. we can see it happening and we can uh, understand that it's a bad thing and, and kind of recognise where it comes from and what we should do yeah. with it, but we haven't really suffered from it. No, I mean, we, we can't really talk from experience. That's yeah. the thing. And it doesn't mean we can't talk about it at all. It's no, just... no, we understand. Like, you understand what it is. Yeah, on a logical um, level. And, and you haven't experienced it, but you understand what yeah. it is um, and, and seemingly the effects yeah. that it has and what guides it. Um, and I think the thing is, obviously, there are historical instances of white people being enslaved. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't In count. In the modern world. It and that's what I mean. Really like, counts. historically, <laughs> it, unless, it, unless it's transferring over and affecting the way the modern world works, it doesn't count. No. Um, it's just a thing that happened in the past. Yeah. And so we can't really talk from experience. But yes, we're sort of stuck just talking about it. So if anyone listening actually has actual experience of dealing with this kind of thing, um, that would actually be really helpful um, to hear your thoughts on all of this mm. and what guides it and what creates it and how you identify yourself <clears throat> and how you found that clashing maybe with existing identities of the people that go around you. Because that's, that's what it is. It's yeah. like, again, we've talked about this. If there was aliens suddenly yeah. invading Earth, I would see any human being as amazingly like me. Yes. Like, like the yes. thing is, doesn't matter religion, Identical. doesn't matter anything, point of view. I, I could find the most hardcore Trump voter in the universe who hates everyone, and I'd give him the biggest hug in the world <laughs> if we were being invaded by aliens, because that's what we do. Like, yeah. The lens has just suddenly gotten bigger, and that's what that's what it's all about. It's the lens. It's how big is the picture that we're looking at. My only thing, <clears> is, my experience on like racism is, I guess, you know, people around me, co-workers and such, and it's yeah. just going back to what... Um, Carla was saying, rather than being able to look at other people and say, it's like, oh, you know, differences, differences, it's almost like the brain does the reverse and goes, what things are in common between all these people with yeah. things to, yeah. to the point there? It's like, oh, you know, these people are like this, these people are like that. But then if they meet someone who's not, then it's like, oh, no, nah, he's, that's just bloody, that's just He's bloody, one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just bloody he's Johnny like, over there, yeah. mate. He, nah, he's one of yeah. us, mate. You know, that, 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 and that's the intelligence-creating yeah. side arguments that yeah. we told about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but really we've emotionally, like you said, they're emotionally deciding that this is what they are because of yeah, ex some yeah, experiences yeah. they've had. And now, logically, they have to make everything suit. So whether they're part of that group or they're an anomaly that's just that dude. Yeah, <laughs> but there are... There, there is always the exception to the rule, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> until fundamentally you realise that people are just people. Yeah. And, Whoa! And there are people that Whoa. suck and are great everywhere. Dropping, <laughs> dropping bombs, man. <laughs> dropping bombs. But that's the thing. Like That's the thing with, like... That's my idea for why I think a human republic in general would work, is that fundamentally we all want the same things. Yeah. We all mm. value the same stuff. We just sort of try to pursue it in different ways. Mm. And it's sort of... You have to show everyone that fundamentally you can all have those things. Maybe mm. you won't have them in the manner, like, you won't get them through the method that you originally thought, but you can still have them. You mm. can still have all the stuff that you want, all the same freedoms, all the same, like, comfort and 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 self-direction, whatever it is that you, you, you desire as a human being without 
needing to get it necessarily through that system or that thing or nations or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I think we can all work... Because I think that's the big thing I hear a lot is that people are like, oh, but people are fundamentally different. They want to run their countries differently. They don't really. It's mm. just that they all run them in the way that they think is going to get them to that same endpoint. Yeah. And we just have to show... And it's the thing. And that's why the, the world has gotten smaller is because countries have gotten bigger. Yeah. It's because they've been able to show each other in these previously alien territories that... They all want the same thing, and they all go about the same way. And then they're also helped by the fact that there's some weirdo over the border that they can be like, but they're weirder than both of us. And, like, that sucks, but that's what's guided so much of it. So, I mean, the next one is that, uh, obviously, now we have um, sexual sexual and gender identity has come in, because previously there was, like, ethnic and cultural were the two big things. So, like, how you looked and what country you were from and stuff like that, the languages. That was the big thing that was in and out group. And now we have the sexual and gender identities, obviously, that that makes it even more complicated. Mm. And for people, I think, that are trying to seek a kind of a homogenous group yeah um it's getting more confusing and (laughs) obviously that's the problem is that we're not going to get a homogenous group not in the way that we originally i think thought we might Mm -hmm. um but that doesn't mean we can't be a group it's just that what we were looking for and i think what a lot of people look for especially conservative people are looking for because i think they grow up in these areas that are very monoculture sort of thing and mono-ethnic and everything else, is they're trying to look for people that are just all like them. Yeah. And do all the same things that they do. There's no reason, like... And you see it in the cities, right? Mm. You see people create a newer identity that's more like a cosmopolitan identity. Yeah. Which is sort of like, what are we? Well, we're... Like, I would say we probably see ourselves as Melbourne people. Yeah. Right? We're, we're Melbourne people, and Melbourne people means all the things that are in Melbourne. Yeah. So there's a lot of Asian people, there's a lot of Indians, there's a lot of, like, white people, there's a lot of Christianity, uh, there's a lot of atheism, there's a lot of, like, all these different things that make up that whole. Yeah. But we've sort of created a whole from that. Mm. And, and obviously, as you can see, when everyone from Melbourne goes to Sydney, we all whinge about it. <laughs> and... <laughs> That's why I don't go. (laughs) And that's the thing is, like, we've we've sort of cobbled together this new one. It's mostly from second generation immigrants as well, like second and third generation everything. People have grown up here in the same place. You naturally create a new culture Mm. because you grow up with these people, and you're all young people. Young people in any part of the world in uh, deal with being young almost exactly the same way. Yeah. And they grow up, they're trying to figure out what being a human being is, what they want to do with their lives, that kind of stuff. They go through all that stuff and they get drunk for the first time, they have sex for the first time, whatever it is. Like, it's all these what? things. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they did what? <laughs> I've got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> oh, shouted. Great weekend for you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they do all this stuff and they realize that it's not that different. And then they sort yeah. of they find common ground in how they experience mm. it. And that just sort of gives birth to a new culture. I think, too, though, like on the other hand, people do still kind of congregate with people mm. who are similar to them, even, even yeah. within. The, the, the cities and, and the yeah. group. Like, if you look at people wandering around Melbourne, mm. it often you'll see a group of white people together and a group of Chinese people together. I think and the big thing is language. Yeah, language is a big part of it, but I don't think it's the whole part of it. Because I think yeah. even if you think back to high school, mm. the cliques were still a little racially segregated. Yeah. E- even though no one would 
blink with no one would blink at working together with someone if you get put in a, in a work group or yeah. um, if you're in the band together or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, no, but then if you look just in the courtyard at lunchtime, yeah, no, I you're think totally there still right. is there yeah. still is that even even yeah with people who would never mm. think that they're racist. I think I think a lot of it is also like the parents that might still be first yeah. generation are hanging out with other parents. At the, and at the same time, I think they have a commonality because all their parents might be from a certain sort of culture. Like, like you know, like yeah. you see that with like even Chinese and Malaysian kids and all that stuff. They have much more of a family-oriented family, yeah. I suppose you'd call it. And so, like they, they um, when they, they have more to draw on. Yeah, as a common. Ground. I think. I think it's just again. I think it's just human nature as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's just kind of the the second step i suppose the first step is not hating people because of racism and then the second step is actually integrating a bit better and the thing is what you had even before all of this is when you had all the immigrant immigrants coming to australia you Mm. had like the anglo-saxon white kids separating from the um italian and greek kids yeah and i think that's fully integrated now yeah and my dad and my dad was telling me when he was a kid and he went from a school in sale to a school in broadmeadows and obviously sale super white air force base kind of thing and then goes off to Broadmeadows where it's um super super greek and italian okay and he was one of the only white kids at the entire school and the thing is that's how segregated it was yeah even though it was a public school like now obviously it's just disseminated and obviously it takes a few generations like the next generation is closer but not fully done yeah yeah i think it does take generations and and it's not yeah, it's just a thing. Yeah, and now it's no, and now thing. no one would complain about the fact that, and at the time it was a big deal. Yeah. But now no one would complain that we have Italian and Greek people in Melbourne. But at the time, no. it was made to be a huge problem. It was like Pauline Hanson yeah. twenty years ago. She was against Asian people. Yes. And now, oh, they've been here long enough now, so they're okay. Yeah. And and yeah. now now it's what does she hate now? Muslims probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. Basics flying. Basics flying. So it's just so funny watching even one racist within their own lifetime can accept it's all right, one group yeah, that right, they right, used right. to hate like yeah. uh, 15 years was long enough for them yeah. to be fine it's like yeah. come on oh no it's 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 insane um and uh yeah it takes multiple generations absolutely before people become really like they form some new culture yeah but I think that's the thing is everyone's terrified of losing their subtype of culture yeah. to the new amalgam. And this is kind of what I was talking to you about when we were talking about preserving cultures. Mm. Um, that I think ultimately that's what would happen to humanity if you let everyone live everywhere sort of yeah. thing. You would end up with you'd end up with regional subcultures kind of like the way we do with Melbourne and Sydney and all that sort of yeah, stuff. But, that's kind but of the thing is you would end up it would still be a big blend. Like, you yeah. end up with a really big kind of mishmash amalgam as you have people from everywhere, everywhere else sort of thing. And then their kids and their kids and their kids would slowly become that amalgam. Yeah. Um, and then they would almost certainly, whether it's English or it's some hybrid of English and a bunch of languages or it's some other language, whatever mm. it is. Again, you've got to talk about the Chinese thing. <laughs> but <laughs> I saw it coming. <laughs> um, I, I'm not... <laughs> I've already done the hard yard thing. Like, I'm trained you now. But like they'll, they will create a new, a new culture that's yeah. a, just a giant mishmash of all the existing ones, and 
Yeah, I, it's it's not terrifying. It's just I think we're all afraid of things changing. We're afraid of change. Yeah, that's, that's really I human. think what it is. Um, so yeah, so I, I wanted to mention that. I mean, we've talked about the the rigid identities, um, and that people like don't really see things as being. I like, don't like anything that's different. They like a very strict monoculture where everyone's part of this one version of doing things. Um, which doesn't mean you can't find those people within a hybrid culture. Mm. Like, you can't... Like, it's not like you lose the sports and the practices and the religions yeah. and everything. You still find the people that want to do them and you do them together. Yeah. Like, nothing really changes in that way. It's just that the entire community is not that one thing yeah. anymore. Yeah. You're surrounded by people who are all different. Um, and as I wanted to notice, the thing about difference of degrees, because, like... They're always saying, this is un-American, that's un-American. It's the same as Australia, but obviously we hear more from America. Mm. Is that, it's like, what do you categorize as American? So if you have someone that's Christian and believes in capitalism and votes Republican, and but he's Mexican. Like, <laughs> like, 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 is he American? Like, is that okay? Like, and then, okay, like, maybe that's not okay. Could we change a different part? He's white, but he votes Democrat. Is he still American to this town? Like, that's the thing is, like, how much can you bend mm. this idea before they say no yeah. sort of thing? It's just, it's it's kind of a ridiculous difference of degrees. Yes. Like, you're just taking this and that and you're trying to focus on one part. But a person is just a person. Yeah. Fundamentally. Like, whatever they look like, whatever they sound mm. like, they might be a total asshole. They might be a great person. They might like this or that, whatever mm. it is. It, it, and it's it's the human brain, like you mentioned earlier, seeing mm. patterns. We also love categorizing things yes. that don't always need to be categorized or that don't yep. neatly categorize but the human brain really really wants them to yeah. and i guess it's it's easier to assume things yeah. than to learn them and um we just jump on doing that instead yeah and i think that kind of relates to what you're saying about new gender identity well, mm. new but um the acknowledged yeah in the in the zeitgeist at, at the moment it, it's like yeah if someone's not fully male or fully female mm. it's like well what box do we put them in yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't really need to box people like that yes, but, you yeah. but yeah but your brain is like yeah but we do <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's like a rejection that you don't want something that doesn't fit within this world you've created yeah and then suddenly something comes in and if it doesn't fit it's stupid yeah and like, it's just it really no, challenges no, no, but that's just this i yeah, like, like in this box everything <laughs> has to go into one box yeah yeah, no, no, absolutely. No, 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 you're totally right. It's, I guess, yeah, we look for patterns and everything else. And then I guess we then just leave it to us trying to counter our own thoughts. Yeah. And then our kids, hopefully more subconsciously, have adapted to a, a, new, a new reality. Because yeah. they're like, they come in and they're like, okay, so what's this and what's this? And what's, oh, that's that thing, that's that thing. They create a new reality and yeah. a new identity based on the information available so then it fits and yeah. then new stuff probably comes in and they're like what is this shit <laughs> and then their kids adapt to it and it's just it just keeps going um so so look the thing i wanted to come to at the end uh because it's all this is all about like hybrid identities and creating identities and things like that is cults and religions mm. um because Are we starting one starting what a, a cult. cult. Oh, uh, I hope not. Oh. <laughs> well, if you change your mind, let me know. <laughs> you could. I'd like to see what it was like. I'd make a documentary. <laughs> um, but um, no, cults and religions are interesting because it's like they're one of the only things that have been used as sort of a method of unification of mm. people um, that started in separate groups. So you're overcoming that 
emotional, logical xenophobia by giving them something that bonds them to the other people and allows them to get over those issues. Yeah. Um, obviously, you then have the problem that they're now in a new in-group and yeah. there's new out-groups. But the thing is, you can take people that don't really get along and put them into a larger group. Um, and that's sort of the role that religions and um, uh, cults have had is they've given you a community. Yeah. Like, if you feel disparate and separate, you can join it and suddenly you'll have a community of people who all think and do what you do. And they tend... Well, maybe not tend to, but a lot of them are, are quite accepting of anybody who's willing to... Generally. Buy into the idea. Yeah, like, like, the most successful ones in the world will take pretty much anyone. Yeah. Um, as long as you say, I believe in the things that's fine and then it's such an easy ready-made way to get a community Mm. and that's sort of something we all crave um is a community because um so the first example of religion used to unify people is that um the roman empire was like a mishmash of Mm. different religions and ideas and concepts they hadn't really had anything so emperor constantine converted to christianity which at the time was just this tiny little cult that Mm -hmm. existed in the middle east he wanted to pick something that really no one else was using because okay. he didn't want to pick a majority religion um, because a majority religion or some big thing from somewhere in particular is already committed to that and you're sort of just making them the imperial people sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like you're giving them primacy and everyone has to convert to them, giving them superiority. So you pick this little one that no one uses and give it to everyone. You're, you're kind of elevating that little group, but, I mean, who cares? It's so small. Mm-hmm. So then everyone jumps onto something new, effectively. And, obviously, Judaism was sort of spread out across an area, and it was an extension of that. So yeah. people sort of, like, understood it. And it had the he just, I mean, and from what I've heard and read about it, he kind of just liked it as being the thing to use um, because of a variety of reasons. But he used that to basically give a common religion to the entire Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And obviously not all of them jumped on board of the same amount, but it was used to sort of tie together something that had gotten way too big and unwieldy and that they hadn't really articulated as an identity. Like, you're a Roman subject more than anything if yeah. you're not in Rome itself. Mm-hmm. So Christianity was kind of this extension of Rome's authority. Right. Um, it was a way to unify all those areas that weren't necessarily Rome because Rome was just a city. It just happened yeah. to control an enormous amount of space. Yeah. Um, and the other one was Muhammad, because Muhammad was born in, obviously, the Arabian Peninsula um, near... Uh, I can't remember what town he's born near. He's born... He's born uh, he went up into the cave near um, Medina, I think it is. No, I'm probably getting that wrong. Don't, any, don't look to me for help. Uh, I have no I idea how the story goes. He went, to Medina, he went to Medina, but I think it was near Mecca. Anyway, look, the thing is, what he did was he... At the time, the Arabian Peninsula was filled with Arab tribes who were basically just killing each other all the time. Because yep. it was like very Sounds little... Like very Exactly. Very little usable ground. Like rivers and little waterbeds and things like that, mostly just tribes fighting, and they had lots of honor killing and things like that. The same sort of stuff, actually, that Genghis Khan unified mm-hmm. in Mongolia. Um, but basically, everyone had these blood feuds, endless, endless blood feuds. And he came out and basically um, came out with his revelations that he'd seen in the cave and all that sort of thing, and said, um, "Hey, look." This is the new religion. This is Islam. This is the new religion. These are the rules and everything else. But the thing is, what it allowed people to do, and what the ad- idea of it was, was you are no longer your tribe. Yeah. You have joined the Dar al Islam. So Dar al Islam is 
meant it means the realm of peace. Okay. So it's like this area where no one's killing each other anymore. Uh, That's what okay, Daral yeah, cool. Islam. So then Daral Hab is all the area outside, mm-hmm. which is the um, the place of war or whatever it's called, place of unrest. And so the idea is all the area was Daral Hab. He created the Daral Islam as this mm-hmm. peaceful area, so then everyone can come in and say, "I am now a Muslim. I'm no longer that thing." Yeah. And now we don't fight each other anymore. So even right. if you see someone in the Daral Islam. That, that you've got a blood feud with. That you have blood feud with, it's off. Yep. You're now Muslims, that's all that matters. Right. And so that was enormously popular, yeah. as you can imagine. So the thing is, as it grew and grew, and then he got chased out of Mecca by these other people, and then all the Muslims went to Medina, and then Medina had a fight with Mecca, and then eventually it all got bigger. But the idea of it never really changed mm-hmm. um, over those uh, first four caliphs. Mm-hmm. And um, so the idea was that the Darul Islam is this peaceful thing that everyone can jump in and unify. And that's kind of exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. It is like creating this new identity that is based on some commonality of humans. So a commonality of being a human being. And if you get into it and you're part of it and you commit to it, that's what you are now. You're not Australian or American or, uh, I don't know, Saudi or whatever it is you are part of this new thing. I think that's how you'd have to make the identity. Mm. Like, that's how you'd have to explain the whole thing. Is that, like, this is not you giving up to them or them giving up to them or Americans becoming Chinese or whatever it is. This is everyone joining this new thing that didn't exist before, Mm. which is based on a commonality of humankind. And you go there and it's just all human beings from all places are basically completely accepted, it's completely fine, sort yep. of thing. Like, that's that's how I'd see you'd have to do the identity question, mm. is you'd have to give people a new one that's based on something new mm. that they can commit to, but, like, it's... Obviously, it's more complicated than it's... <laughs> the new you. It's hard to think of something that that could be. No, I mean, I guess it's as simple as... I, I guess that's the thing, is as simple as basically saying consciously deciding that you're now this thing instead of something else like it's not even about some complicated thing where it has to be done a certain way Mm. it's more we venerate you know the thing of human rights you know like we don't want you know it's hard to happen to human beings i haven't articulated it but the thing is it's it's just that concept that you need to create a new one that's what the americans did they basically went mm. to America and said, this is America. What does it mean to be American? Well, you believe in these rights, you believe yeah. in these things, and you're going to be, you're going to fight for the right to, you know, have all those freedoms. Yeah. And so everyone could come from everywhere, which just meant Europeans <laughs> in their original thing, and you could join and become an American. And yeah. then, that's all that meant to be American was an idea. Yeah. And it's that on a bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously that was enormously successful, but mm. they had a country to work with, so... Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the question to end with, um, and obviously this is the whole sort of final part of the discussion that we can talk about, is that the religions do have a track record, and I've partially answered this actually, I guess, but religions have a proven track record of successfully unifying broader groups of people. Um, can we replicate that same effect, but to greater benefit than obviously religions have been able to, because religions are kind of... They give and take. They and have their own baggage. It's a mixed bag sort of thing. Like, can we take that same institution um, and use it for something bigger and more human? I think 
No. <laughs> right, okay. I no, wish detail. there was. I wish yep. there was. But I think anything that's universal is going to be shrugged off as so pedestrian and so obvious that you're not going to be able to get people to rally around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I think that group identity is so hinged on the identity of the group compared to other groups. Um, it's like you said, aliens would, might solve the issue, but yeah, I wish that I thought that there was, but I mm. don't, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Yeah. No, 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 but certainly. It's, it's almost like you need an outgroup. I guess the outgroup would be like obstinate nationalists or something like that. Like, mm. do you, I guess, do you need an outgroup? Maybe you do. Like, maybe people well, need I th- that. Maybe not need, but I think psychologically it it's a big barrier to get past mm. not having one. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the problem with religion is also that there's something greater is outside of mm. our existence. Mm. That would have to turn around. Like, the only thing I really see potentially changing is, like, with, like, a religion, it's more of a focus on the meditation aspect of it and acknowledging other people mm-hmm. meditating or doing their own mm. form of bettering oneself as being the um, the way forward. You know, that, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think like you can override. <laughs> no, override no, no, everything with a religion. Yeah. No, no, no. Certainly, I guess. I guess I'm trying to link it to. In my head, I'm trying to link it to the humanist religions, mm. which is, I mean, they're both not really spectacular examples, but yeah. you could, they're definitely religions, which is fascism and communism. Mm. Because what they did, and this is the thing, is you got to take apart these things and not look at them at their whole, because obviously the whole is bad. <laughs> but the thing is, it, it's like learning from the things about them, like yes, taking the yes. facets and saying, what about this part and this part? Yeah. Is, that, is it what did work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's the, like, it's the same thing with America and socialism it's like they throw the entire thing out yeah. because they're like that was bad don't look at any of it, it kind of thing well. yeah. and the same thing with capitalism like it and, and the commercial market system that they use at the moment that it's worked historically so mm. don't question anything about it kind of thing like mm. that's sort of the mentality whereas like with communism and fascism what they did do was they created an ideology essentially that people could believe in and get behind and yeah. pursue the question is, I mean, do you need an outgroup to make them work? Mm. Like, do... Because, like, with the communists, what they did was they essentially created an ideology that, you know, the world is run by selfish capitalists and we need to basically liberate everyone for the good of mankind and plan everything because we're going to achieve so much more if we do. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the idea. Um, and obviously it didn't really pan out exactly the way they wanted it to. Mm. But the thing is, that fundamental idea of creating an ideology and having everyone commit to it mm. took the place of religion in a lot of ways. Yeah, and maybe that, maybe that could work. And I think, uh, I think I've said this in the, on the podcast in, in the past, but I think that technology is going to make that more and more plausible mm. in, in terms of having everything be planned. Like, we've got better ways of tracking information, which makes it easier to make the right decisions from a centralised decision maker. Yeah. Um, And if you can have more kind of AI or more rules in the system, that 
can protect against individual humans being corruptible mm. pretty much universally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's possible? Mm. No, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. I'm just thinking to myself, like, we need a narrative, essentially. That's what, yeah, that's, definitely. I mean, that's what, I think that's what religion really is. Like, because when you look at, when you look at humanist religions and supernatural religions and everything else, they're basically belief systems that put something above the people that exist yeah. in it. Like, there is something untouchable. Yeah. Like, whether it's a religion where you have a god or, like, supernatural beings, or you're a humanist religion where you have um, ideas and ideologies yeah. that can't be touched sort of thing. Like, that is enough to basically have enough to venerate. You can say, well, mm. as long as that's concrete, everything else we're just working out, but that's yeah. still there, it can fill the fill the void. But, Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's the problem that fascism and communism had, though, is that they're based on real-world things yeah. and people's ideologies. As soon as they don't work, that it kind of calls into question the entire thing. So, yeah, whereas with religion, you know, like, you can't really question... Exactly. Like, yeah. you, you can't really say... Because you can never understand God. Like, yes. that is the idea. You're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. The idea is you're not meant to be able to understand it. So when things aren't going the way you think, it's just that the plan's different to what you thought it was. Yeah. And that's it. Like, whereas a humanist religion, which is based on human ideologies, if it doesn't work, you realize, you think about the fact that this was written by a person. It's yeah, made that up. Yeah, person and it's is like, fallible. Maybe this isn't right then. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, that might just be down then to the sort of message you have is less to do with if we do this and this, we'll get this. Mm. And more about, like, these are the things we believe in and we're committed to and we're going to fight for. Mm. Um, like, objective goods. But then, at the same time, like you said, you have to make it something... Like, like something that people can believe in, I suppose, because if it's so watered down that it's nothing and it appeals to everyone, then it's a nothing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that's the thing, and that's I think that's what I've been trying to do for a while, is articulate the the human endeavor, I suppose you call mm. it, of what mankind is on our little planet. Yeah. Um, as a story, because yeah. it is. I mean, if you look at it, look at it in its grand picture, it really is a story that's worked up to where we are, and it can be a story keep them going forward or it mm. can be 12 bajillion little stories that we all go in our own <laughs> different direction and eat each other um and yeah it, it's a difficult question yeah really. it's a difficult question but i think there's a way to articulate things that you are kind of creating an yeah. ideology and, and like you've always said it's, it's by degrees as well mm. like walking towards that is still yeah, yeah. going to be beneficial yeah, no, absolutely. So I think I think in conclusion for all this, I think the important thing is to realise our own subconscious biases or mm. identity and the importance of creating new ones because all the most successful countries um, in terms of bringing together things and becoming something bigger have created a new identity that's worked for yeah. that. And obviously nowhere has done that better than America, no, honestly. Like, despite... All its issues that it has now, obviously, as a historical example, it was a country built on ideology, mm. not history. Yeah. It was history too, but it was a decision to be that way because there had been no democracies mm. since, like, 
the ancient Greeks. Yeah. And they just decided to do it. They decided to make a country a certain way with the rights, with the everything else, and invite everyone to come and join them. And it was like it was this insane successful. idea. Like, and they've become the most powerful country in history yeah. in every metric. And for that one thing to be so hugely successful for mm. at least 200 years. Mm. They and possibly improve. more. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's going through a rough patch at the moment. It, it yeah. may fall or it may come through it. But for two hundred years, that's not bad. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely. And and I think um, there is a future in looking at that and and creating something for humans in general. Yeah. That's less to do with a country because our, our world is now bigger. Like mm. we go to space. We've been, we've sent probes to Mars. We're building stuff on the moon. Like that lens is growing beyond the planet. Yeah. And I think when it gets big enough, inevitably, we're going to start seeing ourselves. We're going to have to start seeing ourselves as the people that inhabit that blue bit. Yeah. And all the other bits we're trying to go to, we're mm. just living on the blue bit. And hopefully we start to see ourselves as human beings. Um, and do stuff that doesn't just destroy each other and contradict everything else that we're trying to do. Um, anyway, yeah, that's... Sounds like a good place to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the end of that. Um, it's up to you, Daniel. I, apparently. The weight of the world is... I'm here to help, but not that It much. was a fun day when I decided to start doing this. <laughs> I don't admit, it felt oh, like... Boy, mm, I, small objective. <laughs> you're uh, a man than most, Daniel. Um... Yeah, I, 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 the thing for me is it's always been, like, and this is ever since I started, it was just this point that I reached after uni, because every single uni class, right, I'd be sitting there having these arguments with people about it just makes more sense if we just created a global community, a global mm. state, rather than doing what we're doing. Mm. And it was seemed to be the solution in almost every class I was in. And then afterwards for a while, it's like, I don't see the world going towards that. I see it doing the opposite. Yeah. And it was just frustrating. And I was like, well, if it's bugging me that much, the biggest thing, in, like, why not just spend your life trying to do it? Yeah. Like, and spend your life trying to change it. Because if it bugs you and it drives you insane when you're not doing it and not focusing on it, the best thing for you is to just do it, yeah. even if it's an enormous objective. Because who knows, you might you might die one day and you've moved it one percent mm. or something because of all the people you did, all the people that you got to know and talk to and everything else and all the stuff you did. You might have moved it one percent, and that will feel better than spending your mm. whole life just going crazy watching things go the wrong way. Yeah, because um, at least you feel like you're doing something and you're having an impact yeah. on someone. And I have like yeah. I've. <clears throat> there are tons of people that were part of that original Unitary Republic thing. Mm. And um, did you ever see the crowdfund video for it? I'm not sure. I vaguely There's remember. There's like 30 people not... sent in videos yeah. of them like putting their own bid in and That's stuff cool. like that. It's just... Yeah. Seeing I'm... it have an impact. Yeah, and, I, and I was, yeah. sorry I was a bit negative before. I just no, 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 no. But that's, yeah. that's the and point. And I do admire what you're trying to do. No, regardless. no, but that's that's the point. Is we need to understand what the actual issues are because yeah. I think too many uh, future-minded progressive movements and that sort of stuff are living in this fairy tale version of the world yeah. where they don't understand what the actual problems are. Mm. They're understanding the problems they want to face <laughs> and arguing against the things that they want to argue against rather than arguing against and dealing with the problems that actually exist in front of them. Mm. And so they make themselves feel better and it's just like another UN. Like, mm. it's just a lot of catharsis and nothing happening. Mm. And so 
it's about dealing with the real things that people really worry about and really just feel like it isn't going to work. And then if you can get through that and you can push through that kind of thing, then you can actually affect people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've moved me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm physically pushing him now. <laughs> um, that's why I'm so far away. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's me signing off then. <laughs> yep, uh, I've been Carla, and I'm not still anymore because Daniel's pushed me. I am, I'm still. I'm, no, I'm not still. I'm not still. You Shannon. are moving. Shannon. You're <laughs> <Shannon>. moving. <laughs> <Shannon>. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>